winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Roland Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is 083 311 3311. That works for WhatsApp messages as well. 083 311 3311. also get us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport. That number again 083-311-3311. We will be focusing on hurling and football in the first half hour of tonight's show. Our hurlers overcame Westmead on a scoreline of 325 to Westmead's 221. But our footballers went down by a solitary point to Leash who have four wins from four now and sees Tipperary's promotion hopes from Division 4. Not academically gone but certainly mathematically challenging put it that way uh, but uh, lots still to commend I think in the way Tipperary football are going and uh, I think when we hear from Paul Kelly later you'll just hear the disappointment in his voice when he spoke to Paul Carroll of this parish on the um, in Temple Stadium on Sunday we've a lot of local soccer to cover with the Munster Junior Cup taking centre stage and a lot of camogie as well not just schools camogie but also intercounty with Tipperary taking on Galway this weekend our text number is 083-311-3311 one texter says I've never been a fan of Joanne Cantwell but after last night's league on Sunday she's certainly gone down a bit on my list her Tipperary hurlers didn't even get a mention last night Limerick and Galway's facile victories at brief highlights as Mr Dowling and Canning were in studio our county board should be asking why this is it's not good enough. Or you can't afford to lose any more friends, says one texter. Do you know what? I was really surprised to see. I opened the Irish Examiner today and there's no match report on the Tipperary Westmead match in the Irish Examiner. There is, believe it or not, in the Irish Times, but there isn't in the Irish Examiner. I think that's the first. Uh, maybe they just didn't have a staffer free to go to uh, to go to Thurles to, ta- to take in the Tipperary Westmead match. But I would say for a paper that's so good on GA coverage I find that really extraordinary and texter Ger who texts in in relation to last night's League Sunday uh, I don't think it's the presenter's fault I'd say that's more of a production team decision as opposed to uh, the presenters uh, so I'd perhaps direct your ire elsewhere anyway we've a lot to cover tonight so let's hear from Liam Cal. he spoke to Paul Carroll and the rest of the assembled media after that win over Westmead on Saturday uh, One point loss here to Leash just your, your reaction after that Sorry, my apologies. That's actually football audio. Let's see if we can get the correct audio for you because this is Liam Cal after we beat Westmead on Saturday. Yeah, not you know delighted to get the result. Obviously, you know, real um, spirited performance from Westmead. I think we knew that coming in that they you know they pride themselves on on real hard work and they never they never uh, they were resilient today really all through the game regardless what kind of emerging was opened up they continued to to stick to their game plan and work really really hard and um, you know they were impressive impressive at times asked a lot of questions of us especially in the air on, on, on our um, on our ability to win you know high ball in the dirty ball in the air I suppose and uh, yeah asked us a lot of questions and I suppose you know we, we missed a few chances, chances alright but I suppose at the end um you know, just delighted to get out, I suppose, with the wind, the way things were going down the home straight. So. Yeah, you, you mentioned that the high balls, now Mitchell was proving a, a, a real thorn in the side of anyone near him for those high balls. It was a good test, though, for the lads because um, that, that was something that was kind of hampering at times last year. So it was a good to get a, a test of that kind of style of play as well there today. Yeah, it's a good test, but we, we're still, it's still, 
it's still jumping out at us that we still haven't perfected it or anywhere near it. So it's something we're going to have to really work on before um, the, you know before this league closes and right into the you know have ourselves right for the championship. But um, yeah, you know, just as I said, it's nice. It's three from three, um, but. Yeah, there would be a lot of areas that, that would give us concern today. Um, there was 14 changes, so you got to see a, a lot of uh, different players out there as well today. Yeah, that, that's, that was the objective. We were fortunate enough to, you know, to be able to do that, I suppose, after our first two wins. And uh, yeah, definitely you know, answered a few questions for, for us as a management team as well around the shape of our panel going forward for, for the remainder of the league. Just on Marco, he got the two goals in the first half, but kind of stumbled awkwardly earlier in, in the half. Was that kind of an injury-related substitution at halftime? Yeah, just a cautionary, really, with, with Mark because he, he did jar his knee and... Um, Whilst we'd, we'd, we'd be confident that there's nothing, no damage done of, of any significance, we were just happy that uh, to get him out of there when he was feeling, uh, feeling it a little bit on the, on the tense or the uh, sensitive side, so just precaution really caught. You got 70 minutes into Dan and Noel and then Jason and Bonner looked lively when he came on, so the experienced guys are looking in good shape. They are, yeah, that, that was, again, it was a, a good game to bring him back into... Um, you know, they, they all needed it, definitely. They've, no matter what work you're doing on the training field, you know, there's nothing like match practice. And, um, you know, with the intensity and the physicality Westmead brought today, it, it definitely it was as good as three or four training sessions for, for them, them guys in particular. Colin Barr's probably the only one we haven't seen yet. Is he far away from...? No, he's, he's nearly ready. Um, just today was a little bit too soon for him, but... I would be very hopeful that we'll, we'll see Cahal Barrett in, if not the next uh, league match, definitely before the, the, the league, um, as was uh, the final round of the league, before the, before the Antrim game. Okay. It is a league game, but it's going to be a big league game for, for both sides. You know, you look at Limerick, I suppose, as they're progressing through the league as well. They're, they're starting to ramp it up. They, you know, with their team they play again, named again Dublin, you see a lot of their um, bigger names coming back into the fold. So I'd say in two weeks' time that will be, you know, it will be a high-tempo, important league game in, in, in the Gaelic grounds that, will, that both teams and managers will, will learn an awful lot from. Obviously, Liam, your, your earmark in this game is probably the last audition for a lot of players. You probably have a fair idea now what plan you're going to be taking forward for the rest of the league and the championship. Are you happy with what, what the options you have and with the options that have come forward this year? Yeah, very happy. Very happy. You know, we've, we've been committed to making sure that we don't do anything rash by any player. We've, uh, you know, really put the structures in place to make sure that we definitely leave nobody behind us. And there'll be a number of players that have come quite a bit with us this year. Um, but will definitely benefit from what they've done with us for next year. You know, there's still a very cohort of a young squad there. Uh, a lot of the, the newer fellas that were brought in and were integrated into our training sessions have have um, got a bit of game time during the National League and great learnings for them to go away now and improve for, for, uh, for next year and see can they really stamp their authority on the team and the panel. That's Liam Cal speaking after our win over Westmead in the stadium on Saturday. JJ Kennedy's on the line to give us some analysis. Hi, JJ. Um, look, it's very hard sometimes to have any take-home messages from a Tip Westmead match. But before we analyse Tipperary, I think you have to, you know, not be too curmudgeonly about it, but give Westmead a lot of credit uh, for the way they stuck in. They were tenacious. And, you know, there's a lot of people in Westmead keeping the game going there and they deserve credit for, I think, their performance. They were down to, they got it back to within four points. I don't know how much of that was down to us or their own tenacity. Yeah, I suppose you know it, it is. It is um, a fair comment. Uh, Westmead, 
you know, did what they had to do. They they just kept battling away. They were obviously fired up for this. They, you know, it was interesting. They had they had two of their backroom team uh, yellow carded in the in the first half, which I, I guess gives some indication of the uh, you know what went on in their dressing room and how fired up they were they were for the game. And 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 they kept at it. They they went 14 points behind at one stage in the second half, but 15 minutes into the second half, I think. Um, they were 14 points down, and you'd, you'd have been saying that, you know, this is going to be a 20-something point uh, defeat. And uh, but it wasn't. Uh, we, we were actually scrambling at the end, and uh, depended upon a, a very fluky goal, um, uh, sort of an own goal, I think, at the very, very end, just to to, to round it off, um, which is a bit worrying from a Tipperary perspective. Um, there's, because there's an interesting thing here, uh, Ron, and I'm not sure everybody has kind of latched onto it yet. But um, given the mathematics of the table, um, our our win, our, our win on Saturday, and and the sort of small margin of its seven points could come back to haunt us. Because if we lose to Limerick in in our next game, and we will be outsiders going into that match, and if Galway managed to beat Limerick, now they'd probably be outsiders going into that as well. But um, but if they manage to beat Limerick uh, and we lose to Limerick, then the three teams finish on uh, the same points, and our, our score difference is is dismal compared to Limerick's and Galway's. They're, they're both on 51 points; we're on 21 points. Um, so it could, you know, hopefully it won't, but it has the potential to to hurt us before before this league is out. Yeah, this is quite a bit of eventualities have to come about for that but I do take your point that mathematically that could become an issue just on that uh, and the Limerick game somebody is is asking and I don't know whether you have the answer to it but uh, there's words that the tip Limerick game might be switched to Thurless because of works that's going on in Limerick I haven't heard anything about that have you? No there was there was uh, their, their first game was, uh, was it against Andrew was played in Thurless but uh, I understand that they, whatever works were being done we're done at that stage, and that it's it's uh, it's open since, and yeah. so I I haven't heard anything else. To, yeah, no, I think that, no. how how imp- oh, I'll come back. To, I'll come to the Limerick game in a minute, but let's just talk about the Westmead match. What impressed you? I mean, Mark Keogh comes on, scores two goals in ninety seconds. One of them, like I mean, he absolutely buried it. But what I liked about that goal was the interplay that preceded it, and the working of the ball to the best player in possession. Yeah, the, the, that's the that was the second goal, and um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the ball was worked from our defence and so, sort of worked up through midfield and on into the forwards. And uh, Mark was the the last link, if you like, in the chain. And from the left corner, he he fairly buried it. It was an absolute rocket uh, of a shot. And as you said, came just you know a minute or a minute or two uh, after the um, after the first one when I think it was Andrew Ormond. Uh, Set him clear for for the first one. So, you know, it, it it wasn't a good a good day for Tipperary in general, Ronan. I mean, we had that spell, that couple of minutes there where we we, we scored two goals and maybe a couple of points with it, and it suddenly opened up daylight between the teams. But up to that, it was pretty close. And and the last quarter, we were second best. We were we were scrambling. Um, so you know, there were there were positives for sure. Um, um, Marco's input there obviously has to be noted, and um, you know Conor Stakelum I think was was one of the real bright sparks in in the display. Mm. Six points from play, great to see him back from injury and, and yeah. contributing like that. Good to get Jason back and so on. And game time Noel for McGray. Jason Noel, those are kind of important yeah. points to consider. Absolutely, too. absolutely, and uh, Noel getting three points and doing what Noel does so well, setting up other scores and so on. But 
the, the, the disappointing thing, I guess, in, from the game was the fact that, you know, this was probably a last chance saloon for some of the, let's fringe. say, fringe players mm-hmm. um, to, to stake a claim. And um, the, the truth is they didn't do it. And uh, people probably, probably more people played themselves off the panel, I would imagine, on Saturday than, than actually played themselves on. And uh, that, that will have been, I think, uh, disappointing um, against a team like Westmead. It was a perfect occasion for, you know, for Tipperary to, to, and for, for these, these younger players coming on trying to make an impression to really have a cut uh, and to go at Westmead and to, to build up a big score. But it didn't happen. They didn't seem to be in the mood to do it. And I, I think that will be a little bit of a worry for for Liam Cahill and the management. I don't know if you have any insight into how big our panel is right now and what it will be called too, because there was some talk, I think, from Liam a couple of weeks ago that he was going to reduce the panel size post-Westmead. Yeah, it's, it's, this is supposed to be the, the week of the cut um, that um, it is going to be reduced. I mean, he has, in fairness, he, he must have, have had something between 50, 60 mm-hmm. players uh, one way or another, who've been brought in and have been in and out, and you, you just—I didn't. There wasn't any officially named panel, and it was very difficult to keep track of all the guys who are coming and going. And in, in fairness to him, there can be absolutely no criticism in that regard. They've absolutely searched the county top to bottom for anybody who was showing any sort of form in any grade at club level, and they've been brought in and given training and given some game time in challenges and so on. So all of that has been done, but. At the end of the day, then you're you're left uh, making the cut, and I'd say people will be getting phone calls. I'd imagine this week, so it'll have to be brought down someplace in the in the thirties, I, I guess, with the panel. But I think Liam, if, when you listen to him talking, he's obviously he obviously feels he has, if you like, a, 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 almost a second panel, if you like, a subsidiary group in the background uh, who have been given a sample of of what it's like to train with the team and who have been in on the on the scene and. Uh, and they are there in the background, and he'd be keeping an eye on those as well. But the official panel that will go into the latter stages of the league and on into the championship, I would imagine, will be announced this week, or should be announced at least. Yeah, um, a, a point was made in that press conference as well, that Carl Barrett's the only one we haven't seen so far. So <clears throat> we're kind of in rude good health, because Jason's injury concerns are are, are clearly almost behind him, um, and everyone else seems fit. Yeah, it seems to be it seems to be pretty good. Brian I'm O'Mara crossing my fingers now as I'm talking to yeah, you because yeah, anything can happen in a short space of time. Absolutely, and it is that that time of year when pe- people do get injuries because training is so intense. And um, but uh, yeah, Brian O'Mara, Jason, uh, um, Jake, Jake Morris, and so on seem to be uh, pretty well to ready to go. And uh, Carl Barris the same, and and uh, obviously good. Uh, well, there don't seem to be much worry about uh, Mark Um Who else you go on? Connolly, who is on the way back as well after after uh, I think his hamstring again that he got in the Fitzgibbon. So there, there's no there's no long term injury from what we're hearing that there's that there are niggles I suppose and uh, minor hamstring issues and so on. But but generally speaking, they seem to be in in pretty good health health and uh, pretty good shape, which is which is good to hear. I was interested in Jarlett Burns's press conference over the weekend as he assumed uh, presidency of the association and one of the things that he has highlighted is the costs of running inter-county teams so as Liam is struggling to try and you know call players from the panel and making very difficult phone calls to fellas who've probably committed as much as they can possibly give to him um, it's a difficult call to make but the finances of it are such that you can't keep carrying a panel of 40-50 
Yeah, that's 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 true, and it, it's it's a huge issue, and. Um, you know, we've pointed, I've pointed this out several times. I mean, the figures that were announced at, at the Tipperary Convention earlier were absolute jaw, jaw-dropping figures, and you just couldn't you couldn't go on with that sort of uh, uh, outlay and, and and increases. It was the increases that were absolutely twenty percent, uh, twenty plus percent in, mm. in most areas. You know, that can't happen. And uh, obviously, the new president, um, Charlotte Burns, has, has made it a target of his. Um, He's talking about this this licensing system, um, uh, sort of one that he's unusual, I suppose, for a GA president to be referencing uh, soccer. Um, But uh, he was certainly doing that at the weekend uh, up in Newry, that uh, they have a licensing system, obviously, and there are are caps, there are ceilings on on expenditure. And uh, he he mentioned one club who has deducted points because they, they, they overshot that ceiling. And... It's, it seems to be the way he's talking about going, um, that counties will have a, a ceiling put on their expenditure. I think we and, don't welcome uh, transparency, though, as well, because there's a little mm. bit of, you know, can you say hand and heart that you know exactly how much every county gets from, say, sponsorship deals or benefactors or just other, you know, where where all the bills are being paid and who's paying them? Well, yeah, that's true. But I think in fairness, um, even at last um, at January's uh, County Convention, um, it, it was obvious there. there's a new template coming from Croke Park as regards the, the county accounts where, where items have to be um, they have to be itemised mm. uh, in much more detail and and I think that was evident uh, at, at County Convention and I think you'll see more of that where, as you say, the transparency will have to be there and um, they, they, they just have to get a handle on this it's as simple as that. I think it's the a other runaway train thing, it's a runaway train, yeah. And I thought the other interesting thing was, of course, Charlotte Burns. I thought he was very careful in his address that he's he intends he's looking for and I think hoping for the cooperation of the Gaelic Players Association in in policing this. And I thought that was very significant because you know um, a lot of the increases have come out of the negotiations that the GPA had with with Croke Park in terms of mileage rates and other allowances that go to players and so on. So it's interesting that he's, he's roping them into actually policing how this thing is done, which I think is sensible from his point of view. Uh, yeah. And remember, in the, back, in, in the background, Ron, of all of this as well, you have, you have the coming uh, amalgamation with yes. um, the, the Camogie and the ladies' footballs, which, which is going to add, add more cost. And um, so it really ha- they really have to get a handle on it. No doubt about it. Uh, just on... Somebody points out, and I think it's a fair point to both yourself and myself, please remember that Limerick only beat Westmeath by six points. So, Yeah, but please remember that Galway beat him by 31 points. Okay. Um, okay. So you can, you can look at, you can, I suppose you can, you can look at individual games to back up any arguments, you know, but I, I think, look, Westmeath are not a top-flight team. They're, they're, they're an airness bunch that are making progress and all of that. But I mean, Tipperary, Tipperary should be winning comfortably enough against them. Uh, if 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 you're not able to do it against Westmead, how are you going to do it against Limerick in in a fortnight's time? Well, it's a fortnight to that Limerick game, and he is slowly blooding his top stars, uh, John Kiley. We saw it with Kyle Hayes, for example, making his league debut and his first start of the year. There's other factors, perhaps, influencing why he's so late to the table. But more of that in other jurisdictions. But I'm just wondering. Uh, that game, how much importance will Liam put on it? It's possibly a chance to top the table, but you don't want to show too much at this stage of the season, or am I just reading too much into it? Well, 
I mean, if we take Liam at his word, um, he has said that if he gets within you know, sight of the, the, the finishing stages of the league, he's going to go for it. And I, I wouldn't see any any logic in, in not going for it, in putting out a, a strong team and going after it. I think Limerick will put out a strong team. They won't want to lose to Tipperary uh, in, in, in the Gaelic grounds at this stage. And uh, so I think he'll go for it. And I think it's going to be a crunch game. It's going to be a big one. And and as I said, because of the because of the, the, the mathematics of the table, he may well need a win there to get to the semi-finals. So there's, there's no reason to, to sort of take the, the foot off the pedal in this one. I don't believe in this you know, showing your hand or so on. I mean, counties counties know the players. We know what Limerick have. We, we, we know what Cork have. We know what other counties have. And there's no big secret in these things. So I, I think you, you know, you go after the games. You try to win every game. You, you go out to play and, and that's it. And I think, I think that's Liam Cahill's attitude too. Yeah, and just one final thing. Just, I, I won't go through all the Congress motions with you, but one struck me, and that's the under-20 uh, motion which allows under 20s to play senior provided they don't play within 60 hours and with so many midweek games I, I there was a number of instances I think with the under 20 championship in the last year or two where players were taken from an under 20 panel put into a senior panel and I felt sorry for them that they didn't get an opportunity to play with their age yeah, no, I, I think I think it's 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 sensible. Um, it was the the rule was silly. It, it has gradually. This is the second time the the waiting period, if you like, um, has been reduced, and it's it's down to sixty hours now. And it just it just didn't didn't make sense. Um, remember a couple of years ago, Limerick um, were in a, an Ireland under twenty final, and they had to do without uh, one or two key players. Um, you know, because they because they're playing senior and that. So it, it doesn't. I mean. Under twenties, particularly, their their best players are, are on on the senior panel anyway. So, to sixty hours, you're still protecting them. They're not going out the night after they play a senior game or two days later. So, you're giving that little bit of space for recovery. So, it is. I think it is sensible enough, and I think most people will welcome that. Intercounty players don't go out at all, JJ. Sure. Sorry. Intercounty players don't go out at all any night anymore. I don't think they, <laughs> they don't have a social life. God forbid that they would have something like a youth or a pastime. <laughs> Look, that's more I, of that. We I, can I open think up that's slight, Yeah, I think that's slightly exaggerated. From my experience, they, they do go out, but they're they're pretty sensible about it nowadays. They are indeed. Not like years of old. Anyway, JJ, I could talk to you for a long time, but I got to move on. But thanks for your time, Stephen. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Ronan. Take care. JJ Kennedy joining us there. My thanks to him. Let's hear from Paul Kelly, who spoke to the assembled media after Tipperary's one point loss to Leash. And I think you can hear the disappointment in Paul Kelly's voice pretty evidently from uh, this audio. A one point loss here to Leash. Just your, your reaction after that? Gutted. In a word, yeah, it was probably felt like could it, there was a win there for the take and just one or two things maybe didn't go your way the penalty was saved different things like that so, so kind of feeling a disappointment after it yeah a lot of if buts maybe ultimately you know the lads are trying to do the right thing um, I think we brought serious endeavour here today uh, not that we haven't before um, our execution generally was better um, unfortunately as I say yeah games change on a couple of moments and uh, just the way it fell. Yeah. You know? And in the first half, you probably won't see a much better goal than Shawnee O'Connor's one long ball in, catches it, turns into the back of net. I think it was 1 2 to 2 points at that stage. Then there was a period of struggling for scores uh, to, to end the first half. But then the second half, the team came out much more kind of direct running. What was kind of said at half time that seemed to be a different kind of much 
easier getting up the field for scores in that second half? No, look, to be fair, you know, the instructions are the same no matter what way we play. You know, they're the same in training, they're the same in a match. We just executed it better, you know, for a longer period. End of. Yeah, and I suppose the, the result makes promotion probably difficult now, if not impossible, from here on out. Um, just for the rest of the league, what's kind of the, the plan now for the team? Yeah, look, we have to, as I say, every day is a learning day. We learned a little bit more about each other again today. Look, we have to go into next week. Unfortunately, we won't be playing on a surface like this, which is unfortunate. We're trying to get lads to move the ball, etc. And uh, we just have to find a club pitch now that uh, will let us in, hopefully. Yeah, and uh, Which is a, an issue for us. Um, but look, after respect, the decisions are made as well. And the groundspeople do a huge effort here. And to have that pitched the way it was today was fair play to them for, for, for getting it. It's just the way we can't be on it next week. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's going to be the issue from here on out. But I suppose the, the team seems to be, it's a young team. It's kind of starting to gel a little bit better in that second half played some really good football you must be pleased with some elements of, the, of that performance Ah look I think since we started playing competitively if you go back to the Kerry game you know the, the Kerry game the Limerick game you know there's an awful lot of positives in them you know um, as you say with a lot of guys learning their trade at a very good level of football that they might not have been exposed to week in week out and um, I can't ask for more than they're given you know and just finally now that jump promotion might be hard the likes of Conor Sweeney and things like that would you be willing to maybe give him an extra few weeks if needed or anything like that will we expect to see him in the league we have to assess everybody as they go forward and uh, when everybody's ready or when individuals are ready uh, we'll make the decisions then uh, you know and uh, that's just the way I have to look at it that's Paul Kelly speaking to Paul Carroll after the one point loss to Leash in Thurles yesterday it finished Leash 11 points Tipperary 1-7 Anthony Shelley PRO of the football boards on the line how are you Anthony? How are you Ronan? Are you well? I'm well I'm sure you share uh, the evident disappointment in Paul Kelly Yeah he's right to be disappointed Ronan that's one we should have won um, we were three points up with five, two points up with five minutes five minutes to go and Leash kicked the last three points of the game uh, but um, you know first half didn't think we were at it much. Great goal from Johnny O'Connor had put it, had put us in contention, but a, a really strong and a really positive second half performance. And um, you know, once we got our noses in front, we should have held on. And you know, it's becoming a little bit of a habit now, Paul. We don't our own, and we don't want to be um, celebrating losses too much because um, no, because if you go back we, to our opening we, game against Carlo. You know, Tom McGrath was on the show, and he said, "You know, he was happy enough in the car going home, and got a bit of a reaction to that." And people were saying, "How can you be happy having been lost, losing to Carlo?" But what point, yeah. Tom's point was the go forward nature of the game. And then we go to Longford, play really well. Go to London, should have won. And then Leash, who have won four from four now and are favourites for promotion, were bloody lucky to get out of Thurles with two points yesterday. They were very lucky, Paul. But I mean, sorry, Ronan, but we should have. Um, we could easily be four from four ourselves. Like, I mean, we go back to the Carlo, and I know exactly where Tom is coming from when he said that. Uh, we go back to the Carlo game. We we had drawn level in that game with about seven or eight minutes to go. They were down to fourteen men, and they outscored us in the last seven or eight minutes. Uh, we then we you know we were happy enough after the Longford game. Uh, we brought our look earlier on early on in that game but from the 15th minute on we, we were well deserved winners London was a setback and I think yesterday 
I didn't give as much chance going over. I don't think anybody did, realistically. But uh, the second half performance was very positive. But when we got our noses in front, we should have held on. We we backed off, and it's probably a bit of inexperience in the team, and maybe a little bit of human nature. You know, we backed off doing what we were doing, which was taking the game to leash, pushing up their kickouts. We conceded a kickout after going two points ahead, and we didn't really see the ball again. And our own kickers were a problem as well, uh, which is something that we'll have to work on as well. So, uh, yeah, you'd be gutted for it because, you know, we could be four from four, but here we are with one win and one draw, two losses. Um, the, uh, the question I was going to ask you escapes me, so I'll move on to the next one. Um, there was a number of changes to the team, uh, brought in new players, the likes of Peter Creedon has come, or not, um, the likes of Peter McGarry has come in. Uh, I think... Um, Leamy has joined this panel as well. So there's a bit of freshness about the place. There is a bit of freshness. And, you know, Peter McGarry, I mean, as we've seen, and you would have seen yourself over the club championship last year, he's a fine footballer. And, uh, well, well, worthy of being in there. I, to be honest, Leamy is in there. Jack Leamy is in there. Can't say I've seen him play too much football over the last few years. But, I mean, um, you know, uh, I, I believe he was a very good underage footballer. So good to see him it'll probably take him a little while to get up to the pitch of it but yeah there's definitely a freshness about it but it, it needed to be because we've had such a turnover of players in the last three or four years you know we had no real your hand was forced there you know you had to you had to bring in new lads and um, and give them their chance yeah one Sean from Care has a has a bit of a beef it's a, what's the point of naming a football team on a programme on Sunday for four euros and then there are four changes to it well was it ever thus Sean no, I 100% I 100% agree with Sean from Care. Um, okay. You know, <laughs> um, like even like, oh, Colin Kennedy was named at, at midfield yesterday. Uh, so when he wasn't started, you imagine, you know, this, you know, there must be something wrong. He's not, um, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not fit to play the 70 minutes or whatever. And then he's brought on after about 20 minutes, and we kind of gone, geez, he could have started him there, you know. Um, I don't see the point in you know, like Evan wasn't even on the on the program the last few or Evan was on the programme for the last few weeks but wasn't on the panel he wasn't on the programme yesterday and started so it's kind of you know it, 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 I'd, be, I'd be with Sean from Care on that one OK Sean from Care we're starting a crusade in your name uh, so we'll see how we get on One uh, here's an analysis from one texter it's hard to fathom what happened yesterday we played our best football so far in the year we pressed up tight on leash and curtailed our kick out options we did most things right we were motoring nicely at 17 to 8 points with 60 odd minutes on the clock then, for some bizarre reason, we withdrew into ourselves, gave leash momentum, and our promotion prospects just evaporated before our eyes. How 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 do you do? You think that that is a fair summation? Yeah, I think that's a fair summation. Is more or less what it was saying itself. Like you know, we, we backed off. It's kind of human nature. What you have, you hold, isn't it? And um, uh, but like, I mean, we we stopped doing what got us into to the lead in the first place in in the second half. Uh, um, you know, we were led in the second half by, you know, we talked about the new players. Paddy Creighton came in. I thought he was outstanding in the second half yesterday. He really showed the way. He was quite enough in the first half, but he really drove at them in the second half. And, um, you know, the same up in Longford. He's becoming an important player for us because the same up in Longford, he, he, he produced a fabulous second half performance in Longford that got us over the line there. But unfortunately, not yesterday. Uh Kickouts is one issue. Yesterday, we need to work on them. Um, we had some really good kickouts yesterday, but some really poor ones that cost us heavily. Okay. Uh, and 
we're, we've got Waterford next week. It's not in the stadium, so where is it? Do you know? Not sure. I know they were ringing around last night. I, 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 um, I heard Art Finnan is trouble, so I heard it's not going to be there. The same with Tom Mel. So um, I would have presumed mine to two heap it or temper two heap it. I'm not sure if that's available. I also heard, would you believe, I heard Tommy Vara mentioned. Tommy Vara, which would be an unusual one. Which would be an unusual I don't know now how, how true that is, but Tommy Vara and Nina were being looked at. Well, Timmy Vara would add a novelty factor, I would imagine, for the senior footballers. But wait till you see now, somebody from Timmy Vara is going to take umbrage. Text in and remind me of some games that were played in Timmy Vara back in the 20s or something, which <laughs> I'm not, you and I yeah. are unaware yeah. of. I'll finish by one final question. Is Stephen Grogan a half back or a half forward? I think Stephen has held his place. Um, when he played half back against Kerry in the McGrath Cup, I thought he was outstanding. And, um, you know, I think he's a wing back myself. I, I, I do. I think I think that's his best position. I think he's the best face in the ball. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, some might disagree, but I I, I think yeah, he's best he's best face in the ball. One final question from a texter wanting to know: uh, Colin O'Shaughnessy, is he injured? Or is he? Do we know where he's he's not featuring? He's not injured. Okay. I can't I can't understand myself. I'd have Colin and Shockney on my team every day of the week, but your doctors differ, don't they? And, uh, um, you know, Colin, he's not, Paul is new in, and, you know, Colin's not the sort of lad that would uh, impress you that much in training. You know, he's not that type of player, but my God, you, 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 in a match, he would never let you down. And, uh, yeah, he's experienced you know, he, as well, I think it's fair to say. He's experienced, and, um, you know, he's in, and just a quick mention to the two Vians yesterday, who were absolutely outstanding, you know. Well, you talk about people uh, who wouldn't let you down. I think you can add the yeah, yeah. And I, I think Colin is, is in that, um, in that, in that category. And it's just to me, it's a mystery as to how he, he's not on it. And I thought yesterday when Paddy ran out of gas with about five or six minutes to go, we brought on a wing for, a guy that normally plays wing forward, brought him in a centre back. Thought it was ideal for shots to come in and shore it up. And if that had happened. Who knows? Maybe they wouldn't have got the, the three points to win it. Um, somebody texted me that the Watford game is on in Bancha next Sunday. So you heard it here first. I can't right. confirm that, but that is a texter, an unnamed texter yeah. who's told us it's on in Bancha. Final question, I promise. Last question, Anthony. <laughs> uh, Mark Russell, any word? Yeah, I think Mark, um, what, what I'm hearing, Mark Russell and, Con- and Connor Sweeney are, are only a week or two away from being back in action. So I'd say... Maybe not next week, but the, the Wexford game, you might see one or both on the panel, whether they'll um, start or not a different, different path, probably wouldn't start. But I think you, in the next two weeks, you will you will see one or both of Connor and Mark. As always, Anthony, it's a pleasure. Thanks for your time. I'll see you in Bancha. Okay, see you in Bancha. Thanks, Will. Take, Take care. Good luck. That's Anthony Shelley joining us there with uh, analysis and, you know, uh, reflection on Tipperary's one point lost, lost to Leash. Camogie next. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel, multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. 
You're very welcome back. Uh, we've a lot to talk about in Camogie because Tipperary had a really good uh, return to form with their game against Galway in Division 1A of the National Hurling League. Let's hear from uh, Dennis Kelly, who spoke to Paul, who spoke to Stephen Gleeson. Uh, or no, he didn't. He spoke to Jerk Anne, actually, after the uh, full-time whistle. Now, I'm joined by winning manager Dennis Kelly. Dennis, a satisfying win. Yeah, satisfying, you know, especially after going down to 14 very early in the second half. Uh, you know, we took it on the chin, we regrouped and we really got, you know, dug, dug out that second half. You know, we were clinical enough. We got up any time we got up, we got a score on the board and we kept the scoreboard ticking over. So delighted with it, with loads to work on, you know, discipline, I suppose, was one one area where we were caught. But we were going to it very hard and, and you, you know, you can't fault the girls for that. And in fairness, you know, you lost last week, it was your second uh, home game. It was important to get a win here today. It was important because, you know, any time you're winning, you're, you get a bit of uh, extra enthusiasm into the into the group. And, uh, you know, the girls knew themselves, they didn't do themselves justice against Watford. Uh, you know, we added a few extra bodies today and uh, they, they were helpful as well. But, you know, um, throughout the week, we were, the girls were buzzing in training, they were driving each other on. Uh, intensity was there from, from both the girls and management and, and it paid off today. And I suppose second year in a row, God, we've come down here and, and suffered a, a defeat. You got four goals last year, three this year, three today, three from Emer McGrath with some going. Some going, you know, and Emer was on the sideline for the Ursuline earlier on today, so she's had a long day, and I, I think we're going to send her off to uh, match previously to her own games for, in the future because she was on fire today. Uh, you know, she's really clinical inside. Uh, she took her goals really, really well, and uh, you know, I'm delighted for her because you know she deserves it. She's working really hard. She's done well for you well too, and you know, I suppose we caught missing. Now we need someone to step into the breach, and she's doing that at the minute. And you have uh, a week off now, so next weekend, and then it's Cork away, so. What would be the plan for the next two weeks? We'll say of training. Yeah, I should look at Tuesday night. Now be it won't be it won't be overly overly uh, vigorous. But uh, after that, we'll get back again. We'll get working on our tackling and our you know try to avoid giving away so many frees in, in games because you know the likes of Carrie Dolan's on the other side there. She's going to punish you every time. So we'll work on a few little things that didn't work for us today. But generally, we're happy enough, and we might get a, get a game between ourselves next weekend. There's going to be savage savage competition for places now on this team because you know we have five or six still to come back, and uh, some of the girls on the sideline even are just back from injuries as well. So you know that's the way we wanted, and we're delighted with that. Uh, that's Dennis Kelly speaking to Geraldine Canaan. Let's hear from Ger, who's on the line. How are you, Ger? How are you doing? Uh, very important, I think, to you know, after the disappointment of the Waterford game. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, it was a good bounce back, really, uh, to get a win. You know, um, two home games to start off the league it would have been, I suppose, a bit of a disaster if you if you had lost the two of them. So look, uh, much more improved performance, and uh, you know, changed the team around a bit with with a. Uh, uh, Tony McIntyre back wing back which was an interesting move and I thought it worked well and um, yeah look um, they'd be very happy with the win and, and still there's plenty I think things to work on um, probably wasn't the greatest spectacle with Mogi but um, you know the three goals I suppose laid it up um, even McGrath's hat trick she took him very well and uh, actually got me a great goal to finish off as well from Sean Gardner but uh, yeah Tipperary would be very happy with that win Just one of those days where everything Emer did seemed to go over or under the bar yeah, exactly. You know, three seven out of three ten was some return, and uh, yeah, the, the goals were were, were top notch, really clinical, excellent finishing. I suppose that's what let us down the, the week before against Warford. Uh, we got, we got a few goal chances and we didn't take them. And I, I suppose Emer is the person you want them to fall to. She's a uh, great player to get a goal, and and she she finished lovely there on Saturday. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like you know, if you're to take the temperature of the Tipperary Senior Cougar team, is it too early to? read too much into the opening two games? I think it is. You know, there's still probably a lot of players to come back into it as well, like the Karen Kendi from McGrath, Grace O'Brien are all out injured at the moment. 
Um, so look, I suppose it'll, it'll take shape, I suppose, more to the end of the league and even the Munster Championship we'll probably see, uh, you know, the strongest 15. But he's certainly given a lot of, lot of players a, a chance. Um, we're seeing a lot of Sarah Madden, Ellen Kneen and Kate Raz got a run again the last day. Um, so look, he's, just, he's definitely trying to unearth a few players and, um, you know, change shooting things around. Nicole Walsh has been playing in goals and has, has impressed so far. So, you know, it, it is very early days, but still you wouldn't have liked to have suffered too to beat there in the year. You want to get a bit of momentum going, a bit of confidence into the panel and, you know, a massive game now in two weeks' time having to travel to Cork, you know, who have won their first two games. So, look, you definitely want to put in a good performance against them and if you could get a win better again. Yeah, I mean, it perhaps that question is probably best postponed until the Cork game. Uh, two weeks away from that and again, you learn a lot from those games. Yeah, look, Cork are, are the standard bearers now and, um, you know, they're that's who you're going to be pitting yourself against and, and judging yourself off and, like especially, I I would see with younger players. You know, they might be playing well in in the league in some games against some opposition. But the big one is how they stand up to to the likes of the Cork All Stars. You know, how they get on marking some of those players. So that I think that would be a real test in, in two weeks' time against Cork. Cork definitely won't want to lose at home, and I'm sure they'll have a strong team out. So I I'd imagine Dennis will go with his strongest team that he has available for him that day, and um you know we'll we'll learn a lot more I think on that performance. You know, we spend a lot of time in this show talking about the, the the men who are playing Fitzgibbon and Sigerson and the league and all the rest, and we don't perhaps uh, give as much oxygen to the fact that their female counterparts are doing exactly the same thing because I think Dennis referenced uh, Emer's UL commitments. Yeah, and look, I, I suppose I was kind of disappointed um, with the performance against Waterford, but looking back on it, um, I think it was five of the girls had won an, uh, an Ashburn, you know, just the week previously, so that was obviously very taxing and took a lot out of him. And you know, t- uh, UL obviously were very worthy Ashburn winners, and I suppose the tip girls involved were you know the backbone of the team, like Beamer and, and Casey Hennessy and Sarah Madden and Emer Lukeman was one of the captains. So, and um, look, it's always great, brilliant to have players playing at third level, and you know, many more of the players were involved at third level. So, look, it's only early in the year, but there's a lot of hurling done already, a lot of training done as well. So. You know, you have to take you have to take all that into consideration as well when you're when you're judging performances this time of the year and you know you know, you don't know what kind of training is going on in the background as well or what other commitments uh players have had already that week. But um, yeah, it was a fantastic win for, for UL winning the Ashburn and like say Emer McGrath and Emer Lukeman and them that picked up medals, you know, they're they're very hard to come by and uh it's a, a, a wonderful accolade to, to say you have an Ashburn Cup medal. Absolutely. And just move on to schools because the All-Ireland College's A final took place this weekend as well as the D final. I'll come to that in a second. Disappointment for the Earth Line. It's been a hell of a journey. And I think, you know, as you as you analyse this, you have to bear in mind that the Earth Line Turtles are relatively new to this level. Yeah, they're very competitive, but compared to, say, Loretto Kilkenny, who are there thereabouts for a lot longer. Yeah, I think this is. I think Loretta were after, after picking up their ninth uh, All Ireland, and you know, um, Ursline have failed to win one yet, but that's them going for a school, and it's a fantastic achievement. They're they're, they're the queen pins of, of schools, Camogie, and uh, you know, I suppose Ursline were the underdogs going into the game, and uh, the rest just started off with a wind with the wind, and really came flying out of the traps, and were six points to one ahead at the end of the first quarter. Rachel Dowling, a fantastic player had five points of those six and you know Tara McGrath scored a goal soon after and it was looking very ominous at that stage, you know, Arsenal were, were looking in serious trouble. But in fairness they settled in and a lovely score from Queen State from play and a point from Robin Fitzgerald and they went in a half time one eight to four. But I suppose really it, it could have been a lot more only um 
or Lorraine in goals there, Clonty Rossmore player in goals first time was outstanding in the first half. She must have pulled off four or five point blank saves and, and the rest also missed a penalty as well that went wide. So look, they were, um, I suppose, riding their luck a bit in the first half, first line. But in fairness to them, they, they regrouped, come out in the second half, put in a, a serious performance in that third quarter. Ava Beavens was the standout player, really, with 2-1. Um, she literally got three balls, three touches, and scored two goals and a point. Um, really good. Got Erstein right back into the game. And they only trailed by a point then, 1-2 two to 2-6 two, with 40 minutes gone. But in fairness, Loretto, they, they, they settled again. And, and Cuiva, Kerr, Murta, and Rachel Dowling, um, got a couple of scores and Adonhi there was clear the master centre back she was excellent all day and they settled again and finished and finished her very strong and, and ran out deserving winners and disappointment for Arsenal but like you said uh, they've been on some journey winning a Munster title um, winning the All-Ireland semi-final getting to the All-Ireland final they've been brilliant all year and, and you know had great days out for the school and, and, for, and for the players and the clubs and the supporters that are following them Yeah and I think you know the, there's certainly s- growing a tradition there in the school which is something that takes years sometimes you know yeah oh big time you know and t- this team two years ago actually won the All-Ireland Junior um, school final you know they, they actually bet Loretto in a, in a replay so they're definitely um, you know there's definitely tradition there now and a real culture of Camogie in the school and some fantastic players and that's credit I suppose Olivia Hogan for that, you know, she's been the driving force of it in the schools. But it was great to see there at the weekend on the sideline, like Seymour McGrath, past past player and a sixteen player, and then they had like some Michael Ferncombe and 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 a few more on the side there, the daughters playing that were helping out as well, helping out all year with the school. And you know, it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic community spirit there in Nurse Line and with that team and uh, a great following all year, a great crowd that turned up to mm-hmm. Rathdowney as well. Yeah, listen, it's been uh, it's been a great journey for the Irstein and uh, we'll watch their progress with keen interest. Ger, as always, many thanks for your time. Yeah, can I just mention our yeah. ladies? Oh, our ladies, the D. I'm sorry, I did say we'll stay after the A and it yeah, was my yeah, intention so to come I, back. I, Thank you, Ger, I, you've saved me bacon there. Go on. Yeah, no, well, I just, uh, like, they had a fantastic, uh, you know, uh, win there in their final on Saturday. Um, like, again, it's been a brilliant year for them. They won the Munster title, win the All-Iron semi-final. And, and I suppose produced their best performance in the final. You know, they did all the work, I suppose, in the first half with the wind, went up 112 to 3 at half time. Emer Hassel with the goal, and Caitlin Tracy was excellent for them as well, and Shona McBride. And then they ran out 114 to 9 point winner. So our ladies' lords of New Ross came right back at them in the second half. But in fairness, like the Tara Hoare there at centre back, and, and, you know, a few more there, April Glasheen and Emer Hassel were giant captains. They put in a really good team performance. And huge credit must go to them and, and the school and all the work that's gone into that, that team this year. And, you know, it's, it's a fair achievement to reach an All-Ireland final, never mind to go on and win it. And just delighted for all all involved there. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for uh, bringing that to our attention. Jared, my thanks. Take care of yourself. Talk soon. No bother. Thanks again. Oh, nice. Thanks indeed, Jared. Take care. Uh, Jared Lincoln and there. Let's hear from Olivia Hogan, who, uh, as Jared said, has been one of the driving forces behind Camogie in the Earth's line. She spoke to Stephen Gleeson at the full-time whistle on Saturday. Telling me now is Olivia Hogan, manager of the Earth Line. Your thoughts at full time? Oh, sure. Disappointed, Stephen. Um, I suppose we, we came roaring back into it in the second half, but just wasn't enough. And I suppose, you know, the, the threat that Loretto are, they got great scores and we just couldn't meet, manage it or, um, you know, get to that point for a finish. But hugely proud of the girls for the effort that they put in and, you know, got great scores and great fight and hooking and blocking for the whole game, but just came up short. 
Yeah, like uh, they got that lead, you know, they started brighter. They had that experience of All-Irelands, I suppose. They have so many in the bag in the last decade or so. And then you worked your way back into it, started the second half. Ava Beavens got a great goal, and all of a sudden it looked like it was really game on. Um, and you headed back to a one-score game with 15 to go. Yeah, I suppose, you know, testament to the girls. They worked really hard when they came out of the second half. Ava got great goal, as you said. And then I suppose maybe we could have had a little bit of luck with us but unfortunately we didn't and Loretta went up and got another goal and four points between us and then you know just they opened the gap then in the last ten minutes but you know the the Loretta have had huge experience playing in this this is only our second time to contest in this so you know we learn from today and hopefully take that forward in a new group of players and they're a real quality team that you have there you know they've won Monster medals under John Ryan with uh, the Tipperary Camogie team and the rest of them, I suppose, they're all working really hard. Just looking at the panel there, you have nearly 40 names, if not more than that, on it. Yeah, and I suppose, like, they are all our senior students, so, you know, transitioners, fifth years and sixth years, and I suppose, you know, we're, we're lucky, I suppose, where our school is based. We have huge contingent from Tipperary, but we have Kilkenny girls, and we have um, Leash girls as well, and sometimes even Offaly players coming into the, to the mix, so that all brings, you know, freshness and newness, and I suppose schools Camogie is, that's the uniqueness of it. We have a whole blend of players coming together, really good players, yeah. You're looking to keep everybody playing as long as possible and uh, when you have a big panel like that and you're getting to finals, it all helps. It does and I suppose it's important for our, our fifth years, particularly there, who you know will carry forward into next year and hopefully they'll take learning from today and be able to bring that to Schools Camogie next year. Yeah, so Loretto is a serious outfit, aren't they? I mean, with uh, the power that they had in the forwards, Dowling in particular was a real thorn in your side. Yeah, she got some amazing scores and, you know, you know, probably was could have been worthy of player of the match there as well and, you know, got some fabulous scores. But I suppose their work rate all over the field is, is uh, you know, a testament of, the, you know, Loretto full stop, you know. Yeah, going forward then with the Earth line, you'll just keep going and try and get this elusive All-Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, the, the benefit is that we have great first years, great second years, so we're just trying to bring those now to the junior level next year and the year after and then allow them to be seniors as well. So I suppose schools is a very transient thing. You know, players come, players go. So a lot of these girls will move on now into colleges for next year, but, you know, there's a fresh crop coming through. So that's that's what's encouraging, yeah. Yeah, and like keeping players playing is so important, no matter what sport is. Absolutely, like a lot of these girls are very heavily involved in camogie, but in football, in hockey, and basketball as well. So I suppose you know, sport is really important for our girls, and if we can keep them playing, that's that's very important. So we're just delighted to be able to allow them to play camogie in our school as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Get ready, go again next year. So go again next year. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks. That's uh, Olivia Thanks. Hogan speaking to Stephen Gleeson after the full-time whistle in uh, the All Ireland final that took place on Saturday. Commiserations to. Let's uh, wrap up and talk to Barry Ryan about local soccer. How are you, Barry? How are you, Ronan? A lot to talk about. I'm going to start with the Munster Junior Cup, obviously, and we'll start with Peak Villa of Thurles against Villa of Waterford. Please don't confuse your villas uh, (laughs) to listeners. But, uh, you know, I understand that the scoreline is really not reflective of how competitive a game it was and just a couple of howlers of mistakes cost Peak Villa dearly. Yeah, look, that's exactly it. It was a game I was at on Sunday. The scoreline is no reflection on the game. Now, Bill of Watford, you know, over the course of 90 minutes were the better side, the more clinical side, and they win the game. But it probably didn't take the pattern of the game I was expecting going up to watch the game. Um, I thought Peak Villa 
for the first 60 minutes were, were definitely the better side um, but it, all these games they hinge on key moments and there was a couple of key moments in the game uh, the start of the second half Peak Phillips had a beautiful ball in behind the Villa Waterford defence were very very high they pressed right up to the D um, they always look vulnerable to ball in behind and Ronan Maguire clean through uh, you have to score that, that's your job, your number nine. These are the big games. They're huge moments. You've got to score, um, and he's he's skewed it into the side net. And it's a massive moment. Uh, but Bill are still Bill are still on top, and you're hoping there's going to be another moment. And Ronan's a good lad to keep going, and chances do seem to fall to him. But then a moment of of complete madness from Peak Villa. They're playing against the gale wind. and Michael Ryan has, has ran back past these two centre backs to look for a ball off his goalkeeper. He, like Michael's one of the most he won't need me to, to tell you tonight he's one of the most experienced players they have up there if Alan Lahey hasn't gone off injured in the game Alan would absolutely lift him out of it and there'd be no ball played to him but nobody says anything he comes back the goalkeeper makes the decision to give him the ball which is crazy because he can see the whole picture he gives Mick the ball Mick realises instantly there's two lads on either shoulder and he's completely caught and he stabs the ball back to the keeper who's now in trouble um, and Aaron Phelan just goes in takes it off him and pops it into the net and it it's a punch in the stomach and it's game over. Um, it's, it's you know it's a killer for Peak Villa because they put so much into the game and were the better side for large periods and all of a sudden the game is over as a contest and it petered away from them then and Villa Watford really really clinical as the game went on. I mean it's you know it's so disappointing for Peak because they've you know they're they're better than this first of all a four line scoreline really flatters Villa of, of Waterford but Peak probably you know looked at this and thought yeah this is an opportunity to get to a semi final and and after that who knows yeah absolutely and, and like Evan McCormick was outstanding dealing with Dean Walsh throughout the majority of the game so many great challenges Key Cal was brilliant coming in off the wing Pippi had lots of moments where he creates little bits and pieces Ronan I thought his hold up play was excellent uh, so there was so much play it was good from Peak Villa throughout the game I thought Michael Quinn and Jack Ryan Casey were brilliant Michael Ryan really really industrious in the middle of the field winning freeze uh, it's just literally small small little details have cost him in the game but if they were to play Villa Watford again next Sunday, it'd be a completely different game. Um, I just hope now heading to Gorey that the experience from the likes of Michael Ryan, Alan Lahey is there, that they just say, look, we've got to move on from what's happened. Gorey is a really, really winnable game next week and a chance to be in an FAI Junior Cup semi-final in a week's time. The other Munster Junior Cup uh, game that took place, this uh, was Michaels against Avenue United. Michaels won a 2-1 but did go behind. Yeah, look, this was probably a complete role reversal of the other game. St. Michael's go 1-0 down, a bit of a sloppy goal, a goal they'll be kind of annoyed over. But St. Michael's bounced back. They win 2-1 with two goals and two set pieces, two centre-backs, DJ Ryan, and, or DJ Cremins and Sean Gearns. You know, how many times? It's just literally like, you know, I, I spoke to people today about the match and everyone just throws their eyes up to heaven, two set pieces, yeah, job done. And Paul Breen heads the ball off the line with five yeah. minutes to go. No better man, to be honest with you. It's just the DNA they have for cup football. It's quite extraordinary. Yeah, and, and that's probably what Peak Villa are trying to develop and learn right. and play in these games. Like what happened to Peak Villa on Sunday probably did happen to St. Michael's 10, 12 years ago in games where they did lose four FBI finals on the spin. They made all those mistakes and then they got to the point where they never make those mistakes anymore. It's even like the last, you know, five minutes to go in care and St. Michael's are defending a set piece um, and Steve McGann is standing over it. How does Paul Breen end up back on the post to head it off? You know, it's just that's just that's their DNA, as you say. Um, you know, they just know how to get over the line and squeak through games like that but going to Villa of Warford next Sunday will be a completely different challenge yeah, in the FBI Junior Cup quarter final and that's a really mouth-watering game I'd say now they'll have a word with a couple of lads up in the tower field and get some low down on that but look I've got to fly and thanks for your time Barry
Thanks very much, Ryan. Take care, Barry Ryan there. Just before we go, it has been confirmed that the Tipperary footballers will take on Waterford in Bancha next Sunday. That has been confirmed. My thanks to everyone who contributed to tonight's show. Ian O'Connor produced. We will be back with you next Monday night. Till then, good night and good luck. Online. On your smartphone. On your smart speaker. Play Tip FM.